The following podcast you're about to listen to is brought to you by the Push Start Media Network, where everything you do in life begins with Push and Start. Another edition of Sports Your Enthusiasm Sports Podcast. Me, your humble host, Bryce Benjamin. Him, co-host of the year, Ed Reuter. What's good? What's good, my dude? How you feeling? To quote Bernie Mac, who the fuck is him? <laughs> him downstairs. Motherfucker, <laughs> <laughs> who is him? Hey, how, it's great to be here. Get some like a cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded so funny, I wanted to hear him say it again. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't why, I don't know why we started today with Bernie Mac, but uh, I, I'm glad that we did. I think his birthday just passed like a couple of days ago, I believe. Yeah, maybe that's why it's subconsciously just stuck in the back of my mind there. But. I think that was one of like the greatest stand-up performances I ever seen. Like, I oh. don't think I ever laughed that hard in my life from a stand-up. Oh, the whole Kings of Comedy. The whole Kings of Comedy was Seriously. outstanding. All four of them dudes put on a show that night. That's a big fact, man. It was awesome. R.I.P. to Bernie. <laughs> man. absolutely man so what so what are we talking about today bryce what are we doing what's on the agenda let's tell are, the people we are talking about everything we're talking about politics we're talking about food we're talking about now nah, i'm just playing we you know what we're talking about man we're talking about sports that's right football we got world series baseball going on ufc 254 just happened could be another dominating performance man like we you know but, you know, we're going to kick it off with football week seven in the books. Um, but before we dive too deep into things, man, I just wanted to do a real quick shout out to my guy, Tony Bennett, and his business called Checklist Home Improvement Services. So this brother and his team, they just recently did um, our bathroom. We just got our bathroom remodeled. Okay. And uh, I just got to say, man, the, the professionalism from this dude from start to finish was literally like above and beyond anything that I think I could have ever experienced from anybody else. And then on top of that, what he did in terms of uh, his, uh, the, the product in the bathroom, how he was working his ass off, like literally from fucking six o'clock in the morning until like six o'clock at night, always here grinding it out and just making sure that everything was perfect. Like everything was to the T, everything was perfect. Um, like, you know, me and my girl, we're noobs at this. So he just guided us along, answered any questions that we had. And I just wanted to take the opportunity to let the people that's listening out there, man, if you need any home improvements done, cause he does everything, any type of work that you need to get done, um, him and his team hit him up. I uh, got their contact information right here. It is checklist home improvement services. You can contact him by calling him or texting him 716-238-4753. Or you can also send them an email, checklist125 at gmail.com. They have a Facebook page. You can follow him on Facebook, like him on Facebook, and you can see all his work, man. Like my bathroom is on there. He has some other work that he's done that they've done together. But um, yeah, just like A1 service through in and throughout. And I just wanted to take a minute to give them a shout out, man. And uh, hopefully if you're listening to this and you need some home improvements done, you uh, definitely, you definitely hit him up, man. This is he's sponsoring this show right here. So this this episode today. So just wanted to give a quick shout out to Tony and his group. Thank you. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. I love supporting local business. It's it's really a great thing. Anytime we can uh, do anything to help local businesses, I, I'm all about it. Are we gonna put a link in the description? You goddamn right. We go put a link in the description. Oh my god! I just it's, always wanted to say that. It's I already there. Say, I just wanted to say link in the description. That's link in the description. Make oh sure. My god. Make sure, yes, the link is going to be in the description. Make sure That's that you stuff. click it. Hit them up, man. I'm serious. Like, I'm, I'm not just saying this to say it. Like, I wanted to really take the opportunity to time to do this and let you guys know how good of a job that he's done and how satisfied we are with our bathroom, man. It's like I take a poop and it's just like, fuck, I'm taking a shit in a glorious bathroom right now. That's that's an important room. That's an important room. So he, you, it really is. You called the right guy for the right room. I do all my like major thinking in the room. I come up with all my great ideas. This podcast, everybody, everybody this, does. This podcast was birth in the bathroom. 
It's amazing. Like dead ass. <laughs> I see now how I was chosen uh, as co-host of the year now. Because you are the shit, Ruder. Oh, you like oh. that? That was good. That was a like good that? transition. You have to figure out now how to segue this into the NFL. I did. Yeah, um, I, I got you. So I just say you like that. Kirk Cousins didn't play. I like that. Oh, I, I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say shit, uh, and then the NFC East. I thought we. I thought we had several. You know what? That would have been a better available for That would have been a better transition. You you should have did it if you had it and you passed it to me when you had the better one. Hey, co-host of the year. That's what I do. Exactly. But yeah, NFC East fucking blows, bro. Like, we had to watch the shit bowl on Thursday between the Giants and the Eagles. And let's just stick with that game. Let's start there, man. So, Ruder, tell me, tell me this. How do you, a professional athlete, break away on an 80-yard run, like nobody's within 20 yards of you, and instead of, you know, waltzing into the end zone and scoring a touchdown like a normal person, you get tripped up by the fucking turf monster and end up not scoring the touchdown. Well, eventually they did get it, but still. Like, I, that only could happen to an NFC East team, right? And it had to happen to the New Jersey Giants, of course, right? Obviously. I, I, I don't know that I've ever quite seen something like that. And that's that's hard to say in 2020 uh, after, you know, nearly 30 years of watching football that I've seen something that I've never seen before. And that sounds like hyperbole, but in this case, he had so much separation, right? And you said the turf monster got him. Now I've seen players, you know, as they're running, you know, everyone's kind of had that experience where the the foot clips the back leg or the knees kind of knock a little bit and you go down hard and quickly. (laughs) This guy looked like he was like some kind of a robot just slowly breaking down (laughs) before he fell down. Like he didn't get oiled properly. And he just slowly malfunctioned and fell down. It was absolutely a sight to see. And if you haven't seen it, I mean, it's been on every blooper reel where it will be forever. But if you haven't seen it, check it out. The Daniel Jones 80-yard run. And for all all things considered, beautifully drawn up play, right? Yes, it was. Fake, it worked perfectly. Fake to the left. Beautiful. The entire defense bit. And when I say the entire defense, I mean the entire defense. 11 men bit on the fake run to the left quarterback bootleg out to the right. He escapes nobody within 15 to 20 yards. And he just breaks down, just falls down, got sleepy and laid down. I don't know what happened there. Insane. The funniest part about it. You see it the whole time it was happening too. like, cause he got to about the 40 and I just started thinking like, yo, he's not going to score. He's going to trip. Like I just started to see like his legs. Like he's like, he looked like, like Bambi when he was first born, like his legs just started getting real wobbly it just got like off balance. Like it, I don't know, like it had to be that he never probably ran that fast in his life before, right? Like it, that had to be it. Like he reached a new level of speed that he didn't know that he could achieve and he couldn't handle that level. And yeah. eventually he like ultimately just tripped up. Well, from what I understand, you you might absolutely be right there because from what I understand, it was the fastest run or the fastest top speed that a quarterback has reached since 2018, which in the era of Lamar Jackson, I thought was shocking. So I don't Lamar know. Lamar Jackson, was, Kyler Murray, Cam yeah. Newton. Like I, I don't know if there was quarterback. something wrong with the uh, the old <laughs> speed gun, but uh, he did look quick. He, he looked spry. He was out there. Yeah, and then, he took uh, off. He took in, the in, fuck off. In, in watching the replay, the, the crazy thing was you're absolutely right. Around the 40, you see it in his face. Of course, you can't see it from the main angle where he right. just tumbles, but you see this look on his face like it's just over for him at around the 40-yard line, and he didn't make it past the 15. So uh, I'll be damned if that if that division isn't entertaining. Man, but other than that, man, the game actually was pretty solid. I'm not going to lie. I, I enjoyed that game. That throw that Carson Wentz made to pretty much win the game to Boston Scott, that was a fucking dime, bro. That Between that throw and Brady throw, like those are like the two throws of the week for me. I thought I thought there were a couple of good ones. I actually thought Baker had a couple of nice ones on the game-winning drive to beat yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah, I don't know he if you did. caught those. Yeah, uh, he did. Peoples Jones. Peoples Jones, the Peoples Court. He uh he had a I thought he pushed off on that play too, by the way. And uh Yeah, he did. He definitely look, did. He, he definitely pushed off a little bit there, but you know, whatever. Still a beautiful throw, beautiful catch. Uh the body control for these wide receivers is just out of control, man. How they keep their feet in when they're, you know, full extension is just absolutely beyond me, but uh yeah, a couple of really nice throws in, in 
um, during the week. Carson Wentz, I thought, again, classic Carson Wentz kind of shows you those flashes of brilliance amongst a whole myriad of just mediocrity. And that's really been the hallmark aside from the, the Super Bowl year. It's kind of been the hallmark of his career. And I was kind of interested on your take on Carson Wentz in general, because a lot of people are really high on him. And still to this day, despite the really poor showing this year, would still put him in the top 10 or even top five as a quarterback. Carson is a lot like Joe Flacco and that that caliber of quarterback where they got to have the weapons around them to be at their best. They're not the Tom Brady's. They're not the Peyton Manning's where no matter who you got around them, they're going to make them better. He doesn't. Well, actually, you know what? I can't really say that, though, because he is like on the fringe. He's like right there where he's elite enough to be able to take a practice squad team of receivers and get them to the playoffs last year. But then you actually give him like legit weapons. He looked like a fucking MVP. Like you remember that season, year two in the league, like he was the MVP of the season until he tore his ACL. So it's just one of those things, man. He, he like if you give him the proper weapons, you give him the proper protection because that Eagles offensive line is 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 terrible. Um, he can go out there and be a, a, a 11, 12 win quarterback, but then you take all those weapons away. He's getting fucking battered. Like I remember when we played him, we was just killing him all game. Then he kind of looks pedestrian, but he comes out, he makes those throws. He's like, you're never out of a game with Carson Wentz. Like you're never out of a game with him. You really not. Like he has that, that he has that if factor about him, man. I fucks with Carson Wentz. I'm a Carson Wentz believer. I'm a Carson Wentz supporter. And uh, if I'm an Eagles fan, like I'm not, you know, I don't want to get rid of him or nothing there. Cause I mean, you know, you want to turn to Jalen Hurts who they bring in the sub packages. He looks pretty good, but you know, he's unknown. He's an unknown commodity. So it's that's tough. just my take on Carson, man. I like him. It's tough. It's, it's hard to say after, you know, what is it? Three, four years in the league that, you know, the jury's still out. Cause it didn't seem like the jury was still out. It seemed like he was a legit stud uh, in that, in that Super Bowl run. It looked like he was taking, just really subpar receivers through to the playoffs last year. And then, I don't know, this year, it, it seems like it's him, though, too. I mean, yes, he's hitting the turf a lot. Yes, he doesn't have a lot of talent around him. But it seems like the decision-making is off. I don't know whether he's just rattled and he's trying to do too much, but uh, he doesn't seem like the same player. that He looked lost out there early in the season. So I don't know if, like, you know, you don't know in a year of COVID, you know, we kind of forget that you know these players didn't have a lot of time to prep for the season and they didn't have any preseason games maybe he's a maybe he's a player that needs that you know there there are going to be some anomalies I, I said I was very interested to see if there were going to be any players that stepped up this year or yeah. if there were any players that took steps backwards this year that you could keep kind of maybe relate to COVID-19 and maybe maybe this is one of them you know, maybe he's uh, someone because he's he's well coached. Doug Peterson is a highly respected coach. He seems like he's got all the arm talent in the world, just like he's not not getting it done. And I haven't physically with my eyes watched enough Eagles games to see if he really passes the eye test or what's going on. But he, he just doesn't seem like the same player this year. That's why I was very interested to hear your take. I mean, right now his number one receiver is Fogum. <laughs> Again, it's just yeah. No, like his, his 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 tight end is done for the season. Both of them, I think. Well, Godard and uh, I know yeah. Hurts. Yeah, both so of, uh, yeah, both yeah. of them are done. Uh, uh, your best receiver right now is Fogum, who's like a sixth round pick, and he's he's been awesome. Don't get me wrong; he's made some some crazy catches. Uh, Ward is basically a second receiver. Like he has no receivers out there. And uh, Miles Sanders has missed time. I get it. I mean, yeah. don't, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of injuries around him, but uh, again, I think trying to do too much. And the crazy thing is they're right out there in front of that NFC East at two, four and one. So it looks like he may lead them to the playoffs anyway. Yo, you know, uh, just kind of moving forward. I'm very confused about the Buffalo Bills. Um, I think I've officially moved them because about, after the Rams win, I kind of put them in like, okay, this is a real contender in the AFC. But then <clears throat> they lose back-to-back games against uh, Tennessee, getting blown out by them, and then losing to KC. And the KC, let's be honest, they dominated that game from start to finish. And then they get a layup against the New Jersey Jets. And, I mean, they scored 18 points off of, of uh, six field goals from a rookie kicker. 
where they couldn't score a touchdown on the fucking New York Jets, excuse me, the New Jersey Jets, where the Jets haven't covered a football game up until this game. And now the Bills are the first team that they allow the Jets to cover. Like, I don't know what to make of this team no more, man. Um, Josh Allen, I'm not sure. I think I, you do. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know, bro. I don't know. It sounds like it sounds like you know. And I think it's it may maybe it's hard to say for these Bills fans, but uh, I think we know. I think we know exactly what this team is. You know, uh, this is a team that is uh, they they started off their season and win against the Jets, where they only won by ten points. They squeaked by the Dolphins by only three points in Week Two. They jumped all over the Rams early, but then nearly had the Rams come back and beat them, right? And they only snuck by them by three points. And then they beat a pretty good Raiders team by seven points. So at this point, they're floating at, at 4-0. and But then they go and they get their asses handed to them by the Titans, and they played a pretty tight game uh, against a very good Chiefs team at home and ended up losing. The thing that I see about this team is that they have not put together a full, complete game yet this year you know we're for for the bills uh seven games through they're five and two and they haven't put together a complete game yet they haven't completely gone out and stomped somebody yet they haven't looked great on offense and great on defense in the same game yet i thought the defense played its best game of the season last week uh albeit against a very shitty jets team but uh they looked kind of good if i'm gonna you know yes they got ran all over by the chiefs I see you shaking your head. No. Yes. They got run all over by the chiefs, but I think the defense might end up being okay. But looking at Josh Allen's play, he just doesn't seem like the answer. And I don't know that this team puts it together enough at any one point, like watching the Seahawks play this Monday, watching the Cardinals play uh, even an an ugly Patriots team. I, I could see absolutely the bills losing the next three. And then they run into the Chargers and Justin Herbert, they run into the 49ers, right, who are tough, and then the Steelers. So it this is going to be a very telling month and a half for Buffalo coming up. And I think you said I think you know. I think this is a team that's good, not great. Damn, man. Um, real quick, the, the Dodgers just scored back to back runs. Mookie single or you know, Mookie double, and then uh they the uh he, they scored on a on an errant throw. And then they just scored again off of a single. So yep, wow. they're up two one now. Wow, two one bottom of the six. six. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah, man. I'm. 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 No. I'm sorry. This Bills team doesn't look good at all, bro. Like that. Not even Jets, good. That Jets team was that. That Jets performance was terrible. That was terrible. And I mean, yeah, the defense they shut them down in the second half. Okay, cool. Good. Congratulations. You should have did that the whole fucking game. It's the Jets. Like the the, the Jets has been literally getting blown out by every team that they played this year. And you guys beat them by by eight points. Like the Jets had a chance to win that game. It's just that they got to, like that team is so terrible. But the fact that you know they had a lead going into halftime, and I can't score a touchdown against this team. Are you serious? That is ridiculous. And I don't give a fuck about all the yards that they was able to pull up. He was able to move the ball. But the name of the game is score touchdowns and win. You won the game. Congratulations there. The offense didn't did not punch it into the end zone, and the defense they went to a blitz heavy scheme against this Jets team. Like that's awesome and all, but I don't know, man. That like the the Tennessee and Chiefs game kind of opened my eyes. Like when you went up against two heavyweight competitors, and then you finally get a nice easy layup against the Jets, and you kind of struggle to win this game. I'm no, I'm good on them. Well, I mean, I think you're right in the analysis there. I just I don't know that I'm ready to completely throw in the towel on them yet. I think the next the next six weeks are going to be very telling. I think again you know, they haven't put up more than 17 points in 2020 NFL offense in three weeks. Uh, so yeah, they've looked bad on offense. That's, that's the real kicker to me is that I, if the defense figures it out, uh, I'm not sure that the offense is there to, uh, to bail them out. Despite the fact that Josh Allen's played well at times, he just didn't look like the answer. He doesn't look like a confident enough po- pocket passer to win in today's NFL. So you know who do look like the answer? Who? Joe Burrow. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield. What a battle, yo. Like that game, that like I was so obviously my Ravens didn't play this this past week on our week, uh bye week. And uh football is just kind of much more enjoyable when you could just watch it at its purest form. Like you don't have any dog in the fight, really, unless you betting, which I did have a gambling line and I didn't hit. But 
Um, I don't know. Like I was tuning in the red zone. I was just tuning into different games and that game was exciting as shit, man. Like Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield was duking it out, especially after that, that terrible performance in the first, uh, first quarter by Baker, where he's like, Oh, for five with an interception. And then he got his receiver done for the season. <laughs> uh, sorry. Oh, That's not funny, but Odell Beckham done for the season with a torn ACL. But eventually, man, them dudes like turned it on big and, uh, went back and forth with one another scoring touchdowns, delivering dimes. Like you mentioned it, Baker with a dime to people's Jones for the game. Like that was a hell of a game, man. I really enjoyed that game itself. And uh, yeah, I mean, just, I don't know, like Cleveland, they're five and two. Um, They lose against elite teams and they, they went against bad teams, but uh, that could be a day. That's it's a weird the, team, man. The slowest and longest segue I've ever heard. That was outstanding. The way you moved from that uh, like Buffalo that? team at five and two that, those are those are two incredibly similar teams that are wildly inconsistent. Uh, one cool note for the Browns: I was kind of I was kind of looking at some different stats uh, for the first time today since we're nearing the midpoint of the season. Now, just kind of just taking a look where people are at, and uh, shout out to Miles Garrett for leading the league with nine sacks this year. And uh, yeah, you know that's a it's a team that is certainly very interesting. They've, they've lost Jarvis Landry for the year now. So I'm interested to see how that's going to impact them. Uh, luckily they are chock full of talent over there though. And Richard Higgins, <laughs> I'll tell you, looks like a gamer too. So, uh, you know, Baker he started off terrible. I saw a lot of uh, fuck you Baker posts on Facebook <laughs> and, and other social media. And then I'll tell you, I think there was a stretch where he, he went like 19 for 19 yeah. and brought that team back. It, it is against the Bengals, but, you can't fault him for, for doing what he did. You know, he went out and did what he was supposed to do. They put 37 points up and uh, it was a hell of a win for the Browns, to be honest, because that looked like a game that they were not going to win. And that's, a, and that's a game that the old Browns would not have won. Yeah. That's you know? a fact. So, but uh, yes, absolutely. Shout out to Burrow 406 yards, who, by the way, while I was looking up some stats has catapulted himself into the top five in passing yards in the NFL this year. I'm not sure if you were aware of that but he currently sits uh, fourth in NFL passing yards. So pretty crazy for for Joe Burrow in this Bengals offense. Joey B, man, he balling. Joey B is balling. <clears throat> it's just that this team is so bad. Um, hopefully they can – hopefully ah, – man, it, it just kind of sucks that, like, I just got a feeling that this Cincinnati team is going to fucking ruin this kid's career. As good as he can be – like, I hope not, but I can see it happening because Cincinnati is just such a shitty franchise – yeah, but you know what? They've got what so his win-loss record might be negatively impacted, but I'll tell you what, you look at that Bengals team on offense, I, I can see why they put up points. And it's it's not just him. I mean, you've got AJ Green as possibly the third best receiver in his current form on that team. Um that that's a team that can score on you in a lot of a lot of different ways. Um if you look, you've got T. Higgins as a rookie who is you know, really good. Uh, T Higgins, I thought he was going to be more of just a speed guy, kind of just like a, a guy that was just going to stretch the field a little bit, Yeah, but he can kind of do it all. Um, and then looking at uh, players like Tyler Boyd, I think are excellent. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be okay. Uh, Gio Bernard, Joe Mixon, those are two players on the ground that really can get the, get the ball moving. Uh, that offense around Joe Burrow is is not bad. It's really fantasy friendly, uh, especially because they're going to be down in games because of that very bad defense. But uh, I, I don't know. I think Joe Burrow is going to be okay that we've seen he can be okay. He's already got 2,000 yards passing. He, he might be all right, man. They got to fix the offensive line, man. Like he got, yeah, the receivers look good. And you, you mentioned, like, you nailed all the points. That offensive line is where it starts, and he's getting killed every game. He's getting killed. Yeah, he has been he has been sacked twenty eight times. I think yes. that's also the league most. So uh, this could be like a I'm, and I'm hoping it's not like this, obviously, but it could be like a David Carr situation. Anytime I see a young quarterback getting just blasted like this, every time he's out on the field, um, I instantly think David Carr. How they never protected him in, in Houston, they still haven't learned from their fucking mistakes since they've been in the fran- uh, a franchise in this league. The Bengals has just been one of those teams that they just don't understand their ineptitude and they don't fix it and that's the thing that they got to fix and I hope that they do for just for his career's sake because he's going against like you got to play Pittsburgh twice a year you got to play Baltimore twice a year 
And then on top of that, Cleveland got a monster on their side and Miles Garrett, who was just all over his ass all game. Like, you got to play these dudes twice a year, six games a year, plus other teams in the NFL as well. Like, your body can only take so many hits. As tough as he is, as good as he is, I like him a lot. I think he definitely could be an excellent quarterback. They got to fix that offensive line. They got to protect that man. Yeah, and the defense right. is shitty as shit, too. You're right. You're right. I just I don't see it being career ruining yet. I mean, obviously, with him coming out in the top five in in passing so far, at least in yards, uh, I don't see it ruining the career. Yeah, the, the win loss record is going to look pretty ugly if they don't fix that defense and give him some help on the offensive line. But the team can put up points. They haven't been really dominated by anybody this year. So you're going to see this team in a couple of years. They have they covered. Focus, yeah, they have yeah, covered almost it, every game besides yeah, Baltimore. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So if you can go ahead and draft some offensive line and some help on defense. This, this Bengals team might not be far from turning it around or at least from being a very good team. Yeah. Th- their trouble though, is that they're in a very tough division. So you might not see them in the playoffs anytime soon as a result, but that AFC North with, with Cincinnati looking like they might be on the upswing is probably, probably for my money, the best division in football. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. You know, what division is not the best division is what the one we talk about the NFC East Cowboys scored three points against the, the Washington football team. I, um, I just, I don't, I don't even know what to say about that. I really, I, I, was watching. I, I know what to say. Can I say it real quick? Yes, please say it. Yeah. Pay Dak Prescott. Like yeah. Jerry Jones, stop playing around. Like, okay. The man fucking broke his ankle and he's pretty much making more money right now with a broken ankle sitting out then you know like it's ridiculous it's ridiculous how bad this top of this cowboys team is as much talent as they have um like and i remember people were saying like i remember the argument came up you know uh dak has no leverage because they signed andy dalton to be the backup and it's like yeah now we're kind of seeing that and uh no pay that man pay him like pay him everything he was that franchise he was that team so just to just to spit on that that NFC East just just one last time one more time okay because it's so delicious. <laughs> after the Eagles in Washington are now on a one game win streak, and after the Giants lost last game, the Giants are still at this point at one and six, one and a half games out of first place in that division. It's it's absolutely. Unbelievable! I've never seen right nothing now. like this, bro. And neither have I. I when I, I was joking a couple of weeks back that we could have a five and eleven team win the NFC East, and I was joking. But now I think that may be real. I think that may be real. Um, I just I, I've I can't believe that none of these teams have emerged as as a better team. I mean, I think that you have Washington and the Giants, right? Who I think. They are who we thought they were. I don't think they're very good, right? right? And I think Dallas and the Eagles have obviously had some major injury problems, but they, the further fun f- fact is that they just keep beating each other up within the division. They're all, they're all, they're one and one, two and one, one and one, and one and two. So they're just beating each other up in the division as well. Nobody's stepping up there either. So, uh, I'll be damned if this is, <laughs> this hasn't turned into a fun division to watch just to see who's going to emerge from here as the ultimate division winner. So uh, it's, it's entertaining to say the least. Boy, 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 boy. I'm just so glad I'm not a fan of any of those teams at all. Um, Last game. Well, last two games, I really wanted to touch on um, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, which uh, that kind of lived up to the billing. That kind of lived up to what I expected it to be. Just a tough, hard nose, grinded out type game that, um, you know, a couple of big plays here and there defenses made some awesome plays. Uh, ben Roethlisberger went through two, three interceptions. Um, Ryan Tannehill, he was getting hit a lot. And uh, Derrick Henry doing Derrick Henry shit. That was an odd, really good game, man. Um, and it kind of sucks that Tennessee wasn't able to fucking uh, make a field goal. Like the one time, the one time I need Tennessee to pull off one of these miraculous comebacks and you know, win it for me. They they can't fucking do it. And it had to be against Pittsburgh. Like, what the fuck, bro? Seriously, it seems like uh, your luck. You just can't get a break over there in that division. All of a sudden, the Browns are a good football team. Pittsburgh, no, I did not expect. I think that the Browns are a good football team this no, year. They, they've got enough pieces on offense. Baker can do enough. And that defense isn't terrible either. Don't, don't, I know. don't, don't I know. buy it, man. Hey, that's, a, that's a playoff team. But this, the Steelers... <laughs> 
uh, just really well coached. And they're just like a, they're just like a juggernaut this year. Yeah. They, Steelers they, are good. They do, they do everything well. Uh, they really do. They do everything well. There's not really a hole in that team. You could say maybe holes in the roster, but the coaching staff does a really good job at minimizing those holes. And, uh, they don't, there's no real way to exploit them. I don't think, cause they can beat you in a ball control type game. They can, they can beat you in a shootout and that defense is, is damn good. So, uh, You've got your you've got your work cut out for you there in that I AFC North wait. there. So it's gonna be a great game. I think it's very fortunate for Baltimore that they're going to be running into Pittsburgh next week uh, after a bye. I think that's that's very helpful. And what was also a very hard fought game for Pittsburgh. I think that was a pretty tough game against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So I'm very interested interested to see, especially after and I hate to even say it to you, pal, but after Baltimore faltered against the last really good team that they ran into. So. Uh, it should be an awesome game. Are, are the Ravens at home or away for the next game against the Steelers? It don't matter. We're kicking their ass. Oh, we're, we're kicking their okay. ass. It don't matter if we okay. play in Pittsburgh, Baltimore. It doesn't matter if we play in Canada. We're going to kick their ass all up and down the United States of America. That was my awesome. rock impersonation. That was pretty good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Was that was pretty good. That was Yeah, um, it's in Baltimore, though. We're at home. In Baltimore? At yeah, home? We're, we're having about 4,000 to 5,000 fans in the stands. Um, I'm so happy that Pittsburgh lost their bye week. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy about that. I'm not going to lie. Like, good. I'm glad they had it early in the season. Now you guys get to just slave throughout the whole season. And then we get to play you guys again a second time, kick your ass again a second time, and then play you a third time, hopefully, in the playoffs, and kick your ass again in the third time in the playoffs. So that's wow. my prediction. You are not playing around. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm not holding no, no, no punches, man. It's, I don't, it's, it's I don't war. blame you. It's war. Um, Seattle, Arizona, that again, Sunday night football, beautiful, beautiful game. You couldn't ask for a better game. Russell Wilson against mini Russell Wilson. <laughs> like it, it was awesome to watch, man. So many highlights. Like you got like, let's, where do you want to start? Like DK chasing a dude down a fucking six foot six, 250 pound grown man running a four, two just chasing down a fucking 190 pound dude. Like, come on, bro. That was the most entertaining thing I think I ever seen in a football game. That, that entered that the level of entertainment in that game. If you had to sit down and tell somebody to watch one game this year, that might've been the game. Yes. Uh, that game had, had it all except for defense. Uh, I think that the Seahawks got, <laughs> the Seahawks got exploited there. And the, the way to beat the, the Seahawks is just full full steam ahead offense. That defense is just not good. Uh, one of the things I heard earlier today is that they're averaging 6.3 yards per play against them on defense, which, you know, it sounds like just kind of a goofy stat. But when you realize that that is not only the highest in the league by a long shot, but the other two teams that have over six yards given up uh, per play by the defense are the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are one in six. And then the other team that is right there way down on the bottom of that list uh, are the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, they're also giving up six yards per play on defense and they are sitting at one and six. So the one thing that I will say about this, this uh, Seahawks team is that they've got Russell Wilson in that offense and they are carrying that team right now because other teams that are similar have a combined two and 12 record while the Seahawks sit at five and one on top of their division. So let Russ cook, man, because that that team is running through him right now. Let Russ cook. Let him buy the groceries, man. Let, let him saute the food. Let him see. Like, like this shit is – their defense is horrific. Let him hire the weight staff, everything. Let everything. him do whatever he wants to everything. do over there. Because they, they – man, you talking about MVP. He People's like – people saying now Tom Brady's MVP and shit like that. I'm like, no. That game just epitomized that Russell Russell Wilson is the MVP. That's the only chance that they had was him having the performance that he did. And he did throw, what, three interceptions in that game? Um, One of which was really bad in his fault. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, man, um, Isaiah Simmons, we had Isaiah Simmons sighting. That dude has played, like, what, 12 snaps over the last four games. He made a crucial interception in that – was that overtime? Yeah, that was overtime. He got that pick. That was dope. Shout out to Kyler, man. Like – you going up against the dude that everybody is comparing you to. The reason why you went number one overall, honestly, let's be honest. Like Russell Wilson had a major factor with that, proving that you can win with a five foot ten quarterback. And um, he he came out and performed, man. Like that throw to to Hopkins, where they uh they said that they was like looking to the right, 
to like kind of psych him out and then, you know, hike the ball and caught him off guard and threw that dime to Hopkins. That was a beautiful throw and a great catch by DeAndre, man. He's such a fucking awesome receiver. And then like that two minute drive that they are not even, it's like a minute with no timeouts to drive down the field and get a, a field goal to tie the game and send it to overtime. That was so greatly executed. Like I love, I, I just kind of wrote them off too. Like I feel bad. Like I wrote off saying this Arizona team isn't really good, which I mean, they, you know, they still gave up 34 points, but um, Kyler, man, I like this kid. I like him a lot, bro. I really do. He's, he's so awesome. I could watch these two teams play each other all day because they are very much mirror images of each other, right? From, you know, having dominant receiving chorus to having, you know, short but entertaining and uh, mobile quarterbacks. Uh, both of the teams having no defense whatsoever to speak of. The, and it was it was a whole hell of a lot of fun to watch them. My last shout out in this game goes out to Tyler Lockett. How about yeah. poor Tyler Lockett? 15 catches, 200 yards, three touchdowns in a loss. Uh, what more did that young man have to do? And what I will say is this, I thought he was going to be more of a, a gadget type player, punt returner type guy. And he has yeah. turned into one of the most complete receivers in the NFL. So uh, I've, I've been saying it a few times. I've caught myself now saying it a few times this year that Tyler Lockett really has turned into a complete player. And for me, he's a top five receiver in the NFL. He really is just, just top to, to bottom. He's, he's there. He's really there. I was just about to ask you that question, man. Where do you rank uh, Tyler? You, you, you put him in the top five, huh? I, I think he goes into the top five. And this is, this is not something that I was like prepared to speak to, but I kind of just found it tumbling out of my mouth. But yeah, I think he's top five. Just the, the way he can stretch the field, the way he can go over the middle, the way he runs sideline routes. He's a great route runner. Uh, he's not gonna he's not gonna help you out in the blocking game much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're probably gonna rely more on uh, DK Metcalf for some tight ends in that regard. Uh, but then he can also return punts and kicks when necessary. This kid this kid's a home run hitter. He he can do it all. So I think he's up there. If we were to do a breakdown of receivers in the NFL, he 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 have to slot into the top five. DK Metcalf reminds me of like I'm watching To in his prime, like just a physical specimen, like just a dude that's. It's, I'm sitting there watching it and I watched that highlight like 50 times. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, like, how can a human being be that big and that fast and that explosive? And like and that was just all on display from that chase down that he had on Buda Baker. Well, the thing, the thing with the chase down for me is that, you know, he didn't chase down some, you know, 36-year-old free safety, right? And he also didn't start anywhere near the play. Cause what you see come onto your screen when you watch that for the first time is you just see him kind of emerge and catch Buda Baker. Okay. Buda Baker, you know, 25, 26 year old absolute stud, which I called out last week, uh, safety for the Cardinals. Uh, you see him chase him down. Now you've seen that happen before, right? Yeah. You've seen players get walked before, right? I right. mean, that's why, that's why it's an expression, right? This guy got walked. Uh, but then you watch the full replay. DK was coming around. He had to come around the whole pile up of players and was at something. And don't quote me on it, but he was somewhere around like the 10 or 15 yard line while Buda Baker was already at like the 30. So the, the amount of catching up he had to do and how quickly he caught, cause he didn't just catch him like, by the time they got to the end zone, he caught him by what? Like the 15 yard line. Yeah. 15, 10 yard line. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely incredible hustle play. Uh, that's exactly what you want to see. And, I was very happy to see that out of him because I told you I was disappointed. You know, just in my mind, when you're watching these games, you know, you watch these players and you you have these, you know, bizarre attachments to players and you have these guys that you just don't like for some reason, you know, just complete irrational hate for certain players, right? As we you, do as NFL you. fans, right? You just I don't like you. a guy. And I really like DK. And then he had that that pass, man, where he dropped the ball early. Uh, he got walked. He, he celebrated too early. And, yeah. uh, you know, he, caught, he cost his team a touchdown. But he totally redeemed himself right here for me. That that chase down play, there's nothing more of a hustle play than that. And uh, so he owed Russell Wilson one, and uh, he gave it back this week. So what do you call cool it when, when somebody chased somebody down? You said you call it getting walked? Got walked. Yeah, I never heard that expression. Oh, I heard yeah. we call it getting hawked. Getting hawked? Yeah, he got hawked down. He got hawked down? That's a yeah. thing. But I've heard a guy got walked. Like, it made okay. it look like he was walking. Because the other guy caught him up from behind. Ah, so okay, that makes sense. Yeah, okay, yeah. I learned something yeah. new. Yeah, that's that was that was that's a throwback expression. That's yeah, I was going to say that. Like, I think our my age youth. differences are kind of. Yeah, nice my dad right and here. uncle used to say that. That's some shit you would have seen James Lofton 
for the Buffalo Bills in 1991 get walked. That, that's something you would have heard back there. Okay, that makes sense. But, uh, but yeah, man, what a what a week for football. It was a great week, entertaining week. Uh, I loved what you said about, by the way, I didn't get a chance to comment on it, but I loved when you said that when you don't have a, a dog in the hunt, it's great to watch. Uh, the Dolphins were on by as well. I had no fantasy action going, and my only concern was my survivor pool. And I'll tell you, it was a hell of a week. You know, the, I watched the Patriots get stomped. I watched a really all for the wrong reason, entertaining game between the Giants and Eagles. I watched an incredibly entertaining game for the right reasons between the Seahawks and Cardinals. And uh, I'll tell you, man, it was it was a great week. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, you said that you had a, a, a certain stat that you wanted to throw out there, right? That uh, was yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. A couple of things to kind of talk about it. Okay. I was going to hopefully kind of bring it up organically somewhere in the conversation and it didn't exactly fit, but just, I wanted to kind of talk about just very briefly here, uh, just the way the, the game has evolved in general. So we, we did talk about Russell Wilson. That was one of the last players we were just talking about. He has 22 touchdown passes so far this year. All right. Um, for the sake of comparison here, what I'm going to be looking at is the stats this year so far for quarterbacks in 2020 versus the quarterback stats in the year 2000. Okay. It's a 20 year gap, which to me saying that now sounds absolutely crazy in my mind. Cause 2000 nuts. doesn't seem that, that long ago. Nuts, right? right. It's crazy to me that that's 20 years ago, but in re- that's still modern football to me, the year 2000, right? We're not talking about, you know, the years of Fran Tarkenton, uh, we're not talking further back than that when we're talking Sammy Baugh. You know, we're not talking Bart Starr. We're not talking the the day the days gone era where you know 17 touchdown passes was going to lead the league in touchdowns, right? Right. But this is a four, fairly modern football, the year 2000. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns was more of a thing than now, right? Yeah, in 2000, right. right? So, so looking at this here, uh, and I love that you just pointed that out because that's exactly what I'm getting to. So. Russell Wilson has thrown 22 touchdown passes, 22 at the end of the season. Okay. Would have gotten you sixth place at the end of the year. Okay. So that to me is insane. He's already there. Now granted that's the league leader right now, but he's on pace to throw over 50 touchdowns, which it's only been seven games. It's only been. And for Russell Wilson, it's been less than that. Russell Wilson has played six games, right? Got 22 touchdown passes. Absolutely insane. So when I saw that, it kind of, got my mind going about a couple of other things. So in brief, in 2020 so far, we talk about quarterback rating. That's one of the ways that we look at how successful quarterbacks are playing. Uh, This year, there are 23 quarterbacks that have played at least five or at least five games. They've played their full slate of games. There are 23 quarterbacks above a 90 for the QB rating. Okay. There are 11 above 100. In the year 2000, there were four quarterbacks, four that finished above a 90 and zero that finished above a hundred. So it's just, it, it kind of goes to show you the direction that this game has taken and the direction that it's, it's all about the air attack. Now, uh, if you weren't convinced yet, if we're talking completion percentage, that's one of the big stats that everybody talks about as far as efficiency is concerned yeah. for quarterbacks. Uh, there are, there were this year so far. In the year 2020, there are 28 quarterbacks, 28. That is essentially enough for every single team in the league to have 60% or above on completion percentage, five are above 70. In the year 2000, there were only eight that finished the season above 60 and zero were higher than 63.3%. So you go from an era where, you know, 28 we're above 60 to eight. And in the last example, 23 to four for overall quarterback rating. Um, and it kind of makes you wonder, you know, it gave me pause because I thought to myself, is having an elite quarterback still as important as, as ever? And I would say, yes, absolutely. Right. Uh, this is a time where, you know, 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns might not even make the playoffs. Right. I mean, it sounds like Joe Burrow is going to get there. Uh, So for a year where 33 touchdowns in in the year 2033 touchdowns led the league and there were only two quarterbacks to throw for over 30. uh, It's looking like that. Those types of numbers are just being shattered now. And, uh, you you know, you could talk about the way the officials call the games. You could 
talk about the rules that have been put into place. But I just thought it was an interesting kind of thing to look at uh, to see what an absolute disparity there is between, you know, modern football in 2000 versus modern football today. And what a, what a completely, completely different league it is from, from what it was. Yeah. I think you, uh, well, first of all, that was, that was excellent work done by you. That was our um, stat department. And yeah. by stat department, I mean, <laughs> I mean, profootballreference.com. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to profootballreference.com. This episode brought to you not only by Tony Bennett and company, but by profootballreference.com. That was our, <laughs> um, I think it goes to show a lot of things, right? Like, first of all, like quarterback is still the most important position in sports. And second of all, like think about in 2000, you can have dominant defenses lead the way and, and go and win Super Bowls. Like the, the 2000 Ravens, um, the O2 Bucks, like those were in that, that range where you can actually, you know, hit, and not get flagged for it like Poirier did, like for hitting a guy hard. It's fucking ridiculous nowadays. And the game is now more tailor-made to the casual fan. Like, I'm, you and I were football junkies. I can go and watch a, a six to three football game, and that could probably be the best game of the week for me because I'm seeing hard-nosed, tough defense and just fucking defensive plays being made all, all, all game. But the casual fan isn't, isn't appeased by that. Like they're, that's boring to them. Like they want to see points. They want to see touchdowns. They want to see long runs and throws. Now it's like, if you think about this era of football, now every deep ball is pretty much a pass interference quarterback gets touched the wrong way. He, he gets breathed on the wrong way. It's a flag. Um, like defenders are limited to now you like a receiver catches the ball over the middle. You hit them too hard. You can hit them clean as shit, like shoulder, shoulder to chest and, you know, the, the refs, is, they just instantly throw a flag because you hit them too hard and they just instantly like side on, oh, yeah, that, you know, you, you hit them above the head. It's like it's ridiculous how the, the game is being called nowadays and how the game is so tailor made to offenses. And I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of it. Man. I like defense. I grew up on hard nose defense. That's just my, my style of football, you know. Well, I most certainly I cer- most certainly grew up with a hard hitting style. I, I grew up on um, and. My, my roots are in baseball, right? So for me, stats and the ability for stats to pass the test of time are super important to me. And I just feel like with the way the game is being played now, you know, what was an absolutely amazing season as yeah. recently as like 2010 or the year 2000 is suddenly a pedestrian year. You know, when people are talking about Aaron Rodgers having a down year because he only threw for 4,400 yards, 28 touchdowns and three picks, I'm thinking to myself, like, that's, that's pro bowl numbers. Those are league leading numbers just yeah. a few years back, you know? So, um, it's, it's crazy to me how, how the league has evolved and it's crazy to me how we seem to be moving in a direction where things like fantasy football yes. are where, are where it's at. And I think it, it is more appeasing to the casual fan. I think you nailed it that. And it, I think it all boils down to that almighty dollar eventually. Right. So, uh, I'm interested to see where this goes. If this progression leads into the future, like, you know, how much, how much more passing yards can we expect? Are we going to, are we far from our first 6,000 yard passer? Probably you know, not. I mean, it's interesting to see. So. Especially if uh, they uh, lengthen it out to 18 games, they're talking about 18 yeah. regular season games. I think, yeah, 6,000 yards would definitely be in reach at that point. For sure, man. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You had anything else? No, no. That? I was, you know, yeah, they always say records are made to be broken, but I just, I didn't think, this soon, you know, like it doesn't seem like you know, it seems like every week another record's being broken for some kind of passing or, you know, Drew Brees was just the, the first player to reach 7,000 completions in a career. So I think we're just going to see more and more and more uh, passing records fall. Every week is uh, uh, Anchorman. Uh, man, yeah. that, es- that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah, it sure did. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm interested to see how that goes. And as a, as a purist, uh, you know, guy who likes defense, a guy who, you know, loves how, uh, you know, one of my heroes from the nineties is still a passing leader. You know, I, I'm going to hate to see that go, but uh, I will say it puts in, it puts, it puts a very, are you talking about Dan Marino? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay. One of my heroes from the nineties, his records are going away. Oh my God. He's like, he's like 10th in career passing. Now it's just very sad to me. Okay. Can you let me have that? Uh, uh, but, it, but it is, but it is interesting to see how that stuff goes. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. 
I hear you. I feel you, man. I feel I you. I guess we'll, we'll very soon see. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on the World Series so far, man. I'm watching game six right now. Uh, LA is up 2-1. They got well, a yep. runner on second, two outs. I think it's a great series so far. I think two deserving teams are there. So that's kind of cool to see two teams that, you know, we really thought um, towards the end of the season deserve to be there. That's always nice. One of the things that, you know, always kind of was weird for me for baseball was that you play under normal circumstances, not, you know, COVID 30 this year, you know, uh, uh, you shout have the COVID. Yeah. Shout out to COVID, right. Dominating this year. Um, the, the best defense ever. Oh, shutting, shutting down everything, man. Shut down defense with COVID, but um, yeah, uh, on a normal season, you know, you play 162 games and then you come through and wrap up, uh, in some cases, a, a five game series in baseball. Right. So, uh, always thought that was kind of bizarre. So it was cool to see that two teams that did very well during the regular season also made it through, uh, to the world series. With that being said, I really thought the Dodgers would come out and, uh, kind of really show the Rays who, who was boss. They've been a disappointing team for the last couple of years. And I thought this was their year. It looks like it's going to be now. And that was even after one of the absolute craziest finishes. If that's what we're here to talk about that game four of the world series this year, that was dope. Uh, it was crazy and it was a lot of fun to watch, but just to watch two errors on the final play of the game that lead to just an absolutely wild finish where a player is literally fallen down between third and home and still scores the winning run because of two errors was, uh, you know, not only wildly entertaining, but just uh, absolutely insane and goes to show you, you know, just about anything can happen in a baseball game. And we certainly saw that on display this year. Man, I'm hoping the Rays can pull this out, bro. Like, I and nothing against LA. Um, I just like the root for the underdog. You know, like these these big market teams that just gets to get all the good players and pay them whatever they want. And now you got the Rays, whose payroll is like, like 50 million. Like, yeah, I, I think. Like, yeah, you, you nailed it there, man. That's, like, that's you got to root for these guys, man. Like, you yeah, got to. Like, come on. You you absolutely nailed that one. I was just looking at a statistic yesterday that said that uh, what they paid Mookie Betts and Clayton Kershaw was more than what the Rays paid their entire roster. That is ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's insane, and uh, I'm very much in the same vein, man. Whenever there's an opportunity to root for an underdog or a team that's got a smaller payroll or a, a small market team, I love it. So uh, so pretty cool to see the Rays there. But I think just ultimately they're they're outclassed by a very 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 good Dodgers team. So. I'm looking forward to watching perhaps the series wrap up tonight, and uh, I'll be watching right after we're done here. How sick do you think uh, Red Sox fans are that day? <laughs> Mookie go. <laughs> yeah, I that was, you know, with all the players that get moved around, I was most surprised with that one. And I think that somewhere the Red Sox had to realize to themselves that, you know, this is not a winning roster. This is not a team that is going to make it. So we might as well get what we can from Mookie now. And, uh, you know, or, and, you know, I forget whether they, they, they traded him or not, or whether he was, they just, traded him. He, they did trade him. Yeah. Right. Him and David Price. Because they got Verdugo. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So I think that was the right move for them. I think once you realize that you are not a championship team, I think that you have to kind of be willing to move on. Um, and you need to be willing to make those types of moves. Uh, and it, it's sad that that's the state of affairs in baseball where really it's the big market teams that that the rich get richer. Right. And, you know, you look as a small market team, you hope that you can put it together in small windows. Uh, I just really thought the Red Sox would be able to spend their way out of this one because they, they usually don't shy away from, from spending, but they must've just realized that they don't have enough in their system. They don't have enough on their active roster to make it work. And why let Mookie walk away later when we can get something for him right now. So tough choices, man. Baseball really brings the tough choices. So yeah, uh, that's that man. All right, and I want to wrap it up with this, my man. Did you catch UFC? Oh yeah, oh you got to, you got to. I'm, I'm sure you're talking about the the Khabib fight. Yeah, I'm gonna um, let you lead it off. I just got one thing at the end that I just read earlier today that I thought was kind of cool. So I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you talk about it. Yeah, so Khabib goes 29 and 0. Um, just dominating performance over Gaethje. Like he had no shot at all. And I've, I, I've, I've, I thought Gaethje had a chance. Like I legit thought that Gaethje could, you know, stand up and throw hands with him and potentially clip him. And first of all, first of all, I want to start here. Khabib shouldn't really even be competing in 155 anymore. Like the dude is just so much bigger than every other person he's facing in the, in the octagon. 
Like he, you know, he barely made 155, which honestly, I don't even think he did because you go look at the weigh-ins. He had to, first of all, get butt-ass naked. And then when he was weighing it in, that scale was still tipping before they moved it back and said that he made it. So they were just trying to fuck up the money. I get it. But he just like so much bigger than Gaethje and just completely mauled him and manhandled him and could have finished him in the first round, but then ultimately got to finish in the second round. Um, on a broken foot, by the way. Let's let's uh, let me throw that in there as well. Like, come on. But um, now that the the conversation that's been going on on Twitter is that a lot of people are proclaiming um, Khabib Habib as the the uh, the pound for pound greatest of all time, which uh, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this one as well because the person I think that is the greatest of all time. Um, has been giving pushback on that, and that's John Jones. Like he's been going on Twitter rants <laughs> and yeah. social media rants talking about that. Man, have you caught that? He sure has. Yeah, he's been he's been going off and uh, saying things. I think along the lines of, well, you know, since I'm not hanging it up yet, you know, I guess that's still you know unwritten that kind of thing. He still yeah. he still. I don't want to say that he didn't pay his respects to Khabib because he definitely did. Yeah, but it's it's hard to argue. You know, with 29 and 0, the the record kind of says it all there. And he has beaten a who's who list of just about everyone in the UFC in his tenure there. So, yeah, I mean, when a guy retires, there's going to be a lot of talk about he's he's the greatest ever. You know, um, you know, is he? It's hard to tell. I mean, with weight classes, you know, you got to talk pound for pound. I mean, he was about as dominant as anyone that I've seen, right? So uh, he was never defeated. He fought a lot of very good fighters in their prime. And uh, sure, I mean, if, if he's not, he's certainly top three as far as I'm concerned. So uh, hats off to him, great career. And the one thing that I wanted to touch on is that apparently Gaethje's, um, his parents were present at the fight. And I don't know if you heard this or not, but I heard that the, the rear naked choke that was used to put him out was actually in mercy because they said Khabib had him easily for an arm bar. That could have been more devastating. Yeah, and he went with a choke instead. Yeah, uh, to not put his parents through anything further than the necessary, and I thought that was incredibly interesting and just a, just a really cool, really cool move from from a very tough sport. So, imagine how that's how good you are, where you choose how you want to submit somebody. You know, no, I'm not going to break your arm. I'm just going to, I'm just going to pass you out. I'm just going to make you pass out, and so that way you can wake up and you know be okay. And and further than that, he called that too. He called a second round uh, submission. He that he he actually called that uh, the day before the fight. He said that he was going to put him out in the second round by submission. He actually called the way he was going to put him out the day before. Uh, absolutely insane, man. Just just wild stuff. That's yeah, a he's a monster, world class athlete, man. I, and I know he said that he's done. He's not going to fight another fight without his father. I repeat to his father, but uh, I hope it's not true. I hope he comes back and, you know, let's talk about a, a super, a mega fight between him and GSP. I, you know, that's, that's the, uh, the word. So. Yeah. I, I think it would be, I don't know that that's good. I want to kind of have my memories of GSP be what they are. I feel I think, you. I, I think that, you. uh, I feel like Khabib at this point in their careers would just absolutely give it to GSP, which would be very sad for me personally. And I don't want all my heroes from my younger days to be ran over the coals uh, like they have been lately. My quarterbacks are losing their their passing records. My favorite fighters are going to get just manhandled by younger guys. It's uh, I, I'm 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 coming of age here myself. Let alone with uh, all of my athletes doing the same thing. So, uh, I, mean, I see it now. You're going to be just uh in the corner listening to like old 90s sad rock and just holding like a damn reno photo in your arms and just kissing it and like oh my heroes i'm just <laughs> i'm just becoming a sad old man that cries at the tv on a weekly basis and I'm, i don't need another one all right man we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this episode um if you're listening to this we like to say that first of all we love you we appreciate you um, make sure that you go and follow us on Twitter, SYE Pod. Go and like us on Facebook, Sports Your Enthusiasm Sports Podcast. Email us, Sports Your Enthusiasm Podcast at gmail.com. Ruder. And drink plenty of water. That's that's probably the most important thing that you can do, right? Uh, stay hydrated, stay healthy, wear your mask, all that good stuff. Listen to Fauci or don't listen to Fauci. I don't know. I don't even know what to do anymore, but... Uh... <laughs> But definitely drink water. Drink water. I mean, that's classic. That's that's good health, no matter yeah, what. Like you pee, 
Like it's all, you know, you pee a lot, right. cleans out your system. You stay that's, hydrated. You lubricate it. That's healthy stuff right now. Got to. to go. All right, man. We, again, we appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Take care.